This is a Sandy Boy Productions podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to All Have Another Podcast with Lindsay Hine. I'm your host, Lindsay. Thank you so much for joining us today. So excited for this new year and excited to be partnering with UCAN for 2024. UCAN's award-winning Edge Energy Gels last longer than any other gels and provide a more consistent feeling of energy. You know so many pros are using UCAN. It is a legit product. Emily Sisson, Sarah Hall, Emma Bates, Lauren Higgins, Kira D'Amato, so many pros and non-pros rely on UCAN to fuel their training and recovery. And if you haven't tried it yet, now is the time. UCAN is offering the All Have Another community an exclusive chance to try four edge samples for free. All you pay is the cost of shipping. Head over to ucan.co slash another to claim this exclusive offer. You can also check out the full variety of UCAN products at UCAN.co and save 20% off your entire order with the code ANOTHER. So go get those free edge samples, the four samples for free. Just go to UCAN.co slash another to claim that exclusive offer. And then if you want to check out the whole store, go to UCAN.co and for 20% off your order, use the code ANOTHER. Check it out. Let me know what you think. I'm excited to have a conversation with Dom Scott on the podcast. Would you believe it's Dom's first time on I'll Have Another Podcast? I hardly can believe it. I had the great opportunity to talk to her right before she ran the Chicago Marathon in the fall. And she is just, she's an easy one to talk to. And she's so fun and full of energy. Well, she just announced that she is going to be on the start line at the Boston Marathon. That will be her third marathon. She debuted in London in the spring of 2023, running 229.19. She ran Chicago in the fall, 227.31. And we talk about what she had to figure out in the marathon after that first one and what she's still figuring out. She trains with Team Boss and previously has been a 5K, 10K runner. She's a two-time Olympian representing South Africa. She's an NCAA, a four-time NCAA outdoor champion. She ran for the University of Arkansas. And I am just pumped to see what Dom has in store, what the marathon has in store for Dom. She's got a great career ahead of her, a great career behind her. She is sponsored by Adidas, and I hope you're looking forward to watching her get after it just like I am. She's also um, going to be running the Mesa Half Marathon here in a few weeks as well as part of her Boston build. If you are not already following Dom, get on it. She is Dom Scott Run SA on Instagram. All right, friends, enjoy the show. Hey, everybody. Excited to have Dom Scott joining us today. Welcome to the podcast, Dom. Thanks, Lindsay. I'm excited that we finally found a day and time that worked out with our East Coast Mountain Time schedules. I mean, this is years in the making and then like <laughs> recently like months in the making, but we're finally doing it. 
Yeah, no, I appreciate yours and Emma, your assistance. Um, uh, just <laughs> like, great. yeah, you guys never back down. You're like, we're, no. we're going to find a day, no matter if it was on the weekend or in the middle of the night, we were going to find a day and time that worked for the both of, both of us. <laughs> She texted me last night at like, I don't know, like nine. And she's like, can yeah. you do Tom Scott tomorrow at two? And I'm like, yeah, let's just do it. Let's go. <laughs> let's make it happen. Uh, you're at an Airbnb. You guys, are you guys in Arizona? We are. Yeah. Cameron and I and our dog Bailey, we drove down from Boulder on Saturday, did the, uh, broke up the drive for two days. I shouldn't say we, I should say Cameron. I was a passenger princess, but we drove, <laughs> we drove from Boulder on Saturday and we will be in Scottsdale, Arizona um, for the month, which I'm so excited about. Nice. Yeah, it's nice and well, it's warmer here. It's I think it's cold all over the country this week. Um, but definitely looking forward to uh, being able to run in shorts and sports bras instead of bundled up in Boulder for the next month. Are you do you have people you're planning to run with like anybody that lives around there that you are going to meet up with? Yeah, I would love to. Um, my whole team, Team Boss, is coming down from okay, Boulder perfect. as well. They're just all trickling into town this week. Um, Cameron and I came down on the weekend just so that he could drive on the weekend rather than yeah. during the work week. Um, but I have already run with Rosie Edwards, a UK oh, um, yeah. marathoner who's racing Houston this weekend. And then I've been in contact a lot with M. Sisson, um, mm. Jess Tan. Um, I saw Molly Huddle yesterday on the canal. So I'll definitely try and meet up with some of the other pro runners while I'm down here too. Yeah. So, okay. We got to talk a little bit in Chicago before the race. You did me the honor of doing a little pre-race interview. That was so <laughs> kind of you. The most casual thing ever. I'm like, let me set my iPhone up on this table and just like... <laughs> Yeah, you were, I guess everybody was well, casual. You were there, very though. sweet to like wanting to ask me questions because there are definitely some big names in the pre-race uh, marathon con- uh, conference press conference, um, and yeah, they they definitely weren't too many people that were interested in hearing from <laughs> from me. Just uh, out there lining up for my second marathon, um, it was fun to chat with you. So I appreciated that you came over and uh, wanted to yeah ask me some questions. But I mean, I feel like that because I'm like, you know, like Sidious Mags in there, runners. There's like all these like big media names and I'm just kind of like, I just have my own little podcast. So I in those situations, I always feel like, do I belong here? But I'm just going to go ahead and do what everybody else is doing, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. No, you were great. You were great. And I appreciated you coming up. So you just announced you're running Boston. Yeah, yeah. I um. I don't really know how to feel about it. I am excited, but yeah, we'll be running my third marathon this spring in Boston on April 15th on Patriots Day. Um, Yeah, it's been kind of like this whirlwind of transitioning to the marathon because I've now only been kind of running the marathon for less than a year and I would have run Mm -hmm. my third marathon in that time, all three being very big world majors, started with jumping into the marathon in April of 2023 with the London Marathon. And when I say jumped in, we really did just like jump in the deep end with it. Um, I'd been running on the track up until that point and but like kind of like dabbling here and there with some road races. And I guess like specifically what made Joe and I curious 
about my ability and future in the marathon was having run the Houston half in, at the beginning of 2022 and had run 67.30, 67.32 exact, to be exact, I think. That and we were fast. kind of like, yeah, thanks. It was a great race. And I felt great. And I kind of felt like I belonged in the race. It was a really cool feeling. Um, after coming off like Tokyo track 10K, uh, Olympic 10K, where I like, you know, been lapped twice it wasn't very fun mm. then and I jumped into this Houston half and I was like wow this is awesome like I feel way more like I belong I'm enjoying this um yeah it just kind of felt right so I still in 2022 after that half marathon ran the track season um had some good races still uh, ran some more pbs but I kind of just felt like I wanted to get back to the roads um and felt like that was the next step for me. So yeah, then going into 2023, we were like, okay, where, which marathon do we want to run? And I reached out to my agent, Mark Wetmore, and, you know, told him what I was thinking. And he called around and London was interested in having me on their start line. So that's the one we chose. That's the one we did. And, um, Going into 2023, my longest run was 18 miles. So I had a long way to still go to kind of fitness-wise as well as strength-wise and just getting the legs calloused. And London was a big learning experience. Um, we thought that I was fit enough to put, to potentially go after the South African record, which at the time was 225.28. Um, which was also right around the Paris qualifying time of 225.50. So we were like, let's, you know, try that um, 225 goal. I ended up around 20 miles really hitting a wall and those last mm. six miles having to grit it out and will my body to pick up my leg for every single step. It was pretty ugly um, and crossed the line in 229.19. And I finished that race and I was like, I have no idea why people run the marathon. Like it was not that like magical feeling of, uh -huh. you know, wow, what a cool experience. I can't wait to do it again. I was like, why? Why do people do this? This was crazy. It was miserable. It did rain during the race. I lucky enough, um, London offers a lot of paces to the field because it is a women's only race. So the women start uh, without the men so you don't have like the masses around you but London does offer a lot of paces and Jessica Judd who's a UK 5k uh, 10k runner who I've run with a bunch on the on the track was pacing my kind of group and she went through mile like 14 15 with me which was amazing but then after that I was totally by myself. I did not see another runner until I crossed the finish line. So that was that was crazy too. Yeah. But I the one thing that left a little bit of hope after London was I was like I can do that better. Like I shouldn't uh, have bonked uh -huh. as hard at 20 miles. Like I'm not a 229 marathon runner. I know I can do better. So that's what made me then want to sign up for the next one and after traveling overseas to London, my husband and I had kind of chatted about it and we were like, there are some fast races in the fall 
um, back in Europe, but just putting that travel in your body mm. a week or five days before such a big race, such a long race that you're already asking a lot from your body. We're like, surely it has to help to stay in the US and just have a short, you know, two hour flight. So that's what got me really excited about the possibility of running Chicago. Um, so around Chicago, it was a very different race. Um, and once again, my coach and I kind of thought that I was ready to run that 225. So went after it, uh, fell short again, but this time a little bit less, around 227.31. It was another very just like humbling experience of the marathon where afterwards I was like, I gave everything I could have given. Like I finished on completely empty. And for that, I was very proud of myself. Didn't necessarily get the result that I wanted, but I felt like I'd given in my all. I also knew that I'd become such a better runner in the build. I'd got to train with my training partner, Emma Bates, for the whole thing. And really, other than a few workouts, we'd run side by side for the whole thing. So I, I knew I was getting better. I just didn't have the race result. Um, but it also left like my heart a little bit sore because, you know, you're like, I put in all this work. Why, why did I not get the result? So because of that, my coach and I were like, let's try something different this third time. Instead of going after a time, why don't we jump into a race where it's just about how high can you finish? How many people can you beat? And that's why we chose Boston. A very long answer, but that's how we came to decide on Boston for this um, next marathon. And for that reason, I'm really excited. I'm excited to just to just race and get gritty mm. and um, yeah, race the girls around me. Yeah. As a professional runner, like you, you think about time, but like you think about place more really in these big races. So if you're dropping time totally and you're just racing, what's your strategy mentally compared to like when you were like, I want to go after the South African record? Yeah, honestly, I don't know. It's going to be the first time in such a long time that I'm racing for position and not time. Um, yeah. I mean, being on the track, like we're constantly racing for for time, you know, it's to get that PB, to get that time bonus in your contract, to get that national record, to get that qualifying time for the world championships or the Olympic games. It's always all about time, which is kind of sad. You know, I think when you, it comes down to maybe like the final lap and you're with someone, you're trying to outkick them. But I think this will be really cool. Just racing the people around me, not looking at my watch, not caring what the mile splits are. Um, yeah, just, just racing. Um, what about strategy with that? Like who you, who you race with, I guess you, you announced you were running. And so they probably announced like the rest of the start list. And so when you look at that list, do you start? Cause like, you don't necessarily know what shape any certain person's going to come to the start line with. Right. But there's certain people that if they go at like mile five, you're like, I'm not doing that. I'm not playing that game. So how do you decide? ahead of time, like what that strategy might look like? Yeah, I think that is obviously a good question and an interesting one. I mean, I think it's going to be decided the day before the race, two yeah. days before the race when we know my fitness. But I do think that Boston, as well as New York, is a race where you can't base someone off their previous PR because the race is so different, because it's going to have surges, because it has the hills. Um, you know, it isn't a time trial race. It's 
uh, it's a race. <laughs> um, and I think my training partner, Emma Bates, kind of like proved that so well this past year where she kind of had no right to be running with those mm. girls to be leading the race like she was. They had PRs way faster than her. She was in amazing shape, but because of the hills, because of the surges, because of starting the race so slow, I think their first mile was over six minutes, um, which for the elites is slow. Um, Especially on that downhill. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It just ends up being such a different race. So yeah, definitely we'll have to see how my training block goes um, up until Boston. But I don't think it's necessarily like, oh, this person's run Mm. 217, you can't run with them. It's like, what can we do on this course? Um, And then also just being very smart during the race, you know, listening to your body, how you're feeling um, and making smart decisions as you're going. Uh, Speaking of Emma last year in Boston, where were you watching and were you just losing your mind? (laughs) I was watching. Yeah, I was losing my mind. I was watching at home. Um, Because I was like a week out from London. I was flying the next day to London. And her and I actually hadn't done much training together for that first marathon of mine. Because Joe, our coach, is is very smart when it comes to the marathon training. He wants to train us for that specific course. So he had Emma and Scott Fable, our other marathon runner and team boss, doing a lot of like hilly long runs, whereas I was doing more like flat fast stuff to prepare Mm -hmm. for the London course so we hadn't overlapped a ton obviously we did feel like we were going through these really big workouts and the build together so we'd been together in like spirit but not at the actual workouts so I was very excited for her very also nervous for her didn't want to watch with anyone else my mom was in town and she was like do you want to watch together and I was like no (laughs) (laughs) I just want to be by myself. Um, So yeah, I remember watching. I didn't run until do my run that day until after she had finished. And it was just, yeah, it was so cool. So special watching her. I also just feel like, I think with all runners, um, you're just waiting for that person to have their breakthrough. And I mean, Emma had definitely had some great races previously, but in that field last year Mm. to come fifth was huge. Um, And I was just so excited to watch her have such a big day on such a big um, starting line, finishing line. (laughs) Yeah. It sort of felt like she was like stamping it. Like, you know, she had had impressive performances the year she was second in Chicago, but it was like a smaller field that year. And like, this was kind of like sealing the deal. Like I am legit. 1000%. Yeah. 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 Um, so sad that she had to pull out of the trial. I know, I know. It's it's mm. a bummer, but it's also um It's what it has to be. Yeah, I mean I just feel like it wasn't meant to be, you know, it wasn't part of her story and now her and I are getting to run Boston together, which will be so exciting to train together. She's staying in Boulder this next month. She already did a long run yesterday. She's hundred percent healthy and feeling great. So Good. um yeah, she's excited to to like get back to things. Hey, everybody, listen up. Are you going to be at the Yingling Shamrock Marathon on March 17th? I hope so. I am going to be there, and I cannot wait to see so many friends there. I have not been back to this race since 2013. I ran it in 2013 and actually at the time ran a PR, 
had the best experience ever. And so now I only live a few hours away from Virginia Beach, and I'm so excited to join the team there and be a part of their expo, their race morning, helping MC a variety of things. There's a half marathon too. So if you're running a spring marathon, like in April or May, March 17th, this is a great day to run the half marathon. It's a little tune up for a marathon. And if you don't know about the Shamrock Marathon, this is one of the most family friendly races out there voted by Runner's World Magazine. It's a top 20 marathon in the US according to Bib Brave and Runner's World. And they have the best swag and perks and prizes. Truly, it's a party the whole weekend and so much fun. I'm actually doing a giveaway with Shamrock. We're gonna give away two free entries and a two night hotel stay Friday and Saturday night. So make sure you're following me on Instagram because all the announcements are gonna be over there. Uh, my Instagram's lindsayhines626. And so we're gonna be announcing that giveaway. Again, the race is Sunday, March 17th. I'm gonna host a meetup. I just, I can't wait to see people there. This is such a fun time. And Virginia Beach, let's go. Let's have some fun at the beach. It's really, really going to be a great weekend. Go to shamrockmarathon.com to learn more. All right, back to the show. Um, How do you feel? Because you said you were doing the flat and fast for London. Now you got to join that Boston train on the hilly and hard. <laughs> what do you think about that? Not that flat wasn't hard, but you know. Yeah, I mean. no, I know. That's the weird thing was... So after doing London and Chicago, my agent and Joe were like, what about Boston? And I said, I was like, my body is already breaking down so much in the flat stuff. I was like, how can I run the hilly stuff? But then they kind of explained to me that the hills allow you to use different muscles during the race. So it isn't as taxing on like one muscle for 26 miles. And so that like, I was like, okay, I'm not, I'm not sure if you guys are just saying that to like make me feel better. <laughs> I was like, cause I've heard how brutal Boston is. So I'm not so sure. Um, but then I like started to think about it more. It definitely made a lot of sense what they said. Also, we do a lot of hilly, hilly runs in Boulder and we have access to so many like hilly routes that we can use for the training. And I'm pretty good on the hills in Boulder. I wouldn't say I'm like good at sprinting up hills like in Fayetteville, Arkansas, when I was um, an Arkansas Razorback, I would get my butt kicked uh, on our hill sprints. But when it comes to like the endurance, like types of hill workouts, strength workouts, I'm pretty good. So yeah, I think it's just going to be like a cool different challenge. So in your group, is Scott running Boston again? He's not. Oh, he's, he's running the trials, he's obviously. The trials, yeah. He's yeah, I guess see what happens trials. there, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I think Boston is his favorite marathon, though. So I'm I excited think so, to get like, right? Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited to get some like pointers and tips from him. So you, not that you would do training paces with Scott anyway, but you, yeah. you're going to mostly be training with Emma. Yes, 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 yeah. Because Scott will get done with the trials the first week of Feb, and then he'll take like a little reset, and hopefully his next be marathon build. Yeah, we'll be, we'll be for Paris. And Emma and I, I'm actually going to race the Arizona Mesa half um, at the end of our stint here in Arizona. So that's February 10th. And oh, then, fun. yeah, I'll go back to Boulder and get back to altitude and we'll start our build Emma and I together for Boston. 
Okay, let's talk about the um, making the team for South Africa. Like, what does that look like for you? Yeah, so it's definitely a lot easier than making the U.S. team come from a country that is a lot smaller than the U.S. Um, but we do actually have some really good female marathoners. So we have two girls um, that have already qualified for South Africa, meaning they've run the standard or faster than the standard of 225.50. I really thought I was going to get that in Chicago, mm -hmm. actually, like, Joe and I didn't even think that was a question, but mm. I need, I guess I just need some more experience at this distance and my legs need a little bit more callousing over 26 miles. Um, so I fell short of that. I do have the, I don't really know what they're calling it, but it's like almost like the B qualifying time. So if I am within the quota number for the marathon, I will get that third spot. But if I fall outside of it, I won't get that spot. Um, so now it's just a waiting game of seeing how many athletes run faster than me and get the quota spots. Um, so it's a lot, it's a lot, uh, yeah, once again, easier to make the team for South Africa. But I didn't hit that 225.50. Um, so now I'm in like playing a game of waiting and seeing. How does that feel? It's definitely weird. Um, I, yeah, it's definitely strange going into an Olympic year and not having um, the Olympic standard. You know, I qualified for the Olympics in 2016 when I was just in college um, wow. for the 10K. And then in Tokyo, qualified for both the 5 and the 10K. And yeah, now to be like in the position where I don't have a qualifying standard, it's definitely strange. But I'm really trying not to like be too hard on myself because I chose to switch events the year before the Olympics. And yes, did I think I would have a smoother, easier transition to the marathon? 1000%. But also I, Joe likes to remind me having run a 229 and then 227 in my first two marathons, like that's not too shabby either. So progression. Just, yeah. Thanks. So I'm just trying to be nice to myself and, also, you know, just like we were saying about Emma, if it's not in my story to go to the Olympics this year, like, that's mm -hmm. okay. I'm, a, I'm already a two-time Olympian. My husband likes to remind me that. So <laughs> uh, I'm just going to, you know, continue, continue working with the marathon and hopefully it all clicks soon. Yeah, I guess I'd love to hear you talk about like staying in a positive mindset when things don't go as you thought they were, even if they weren't a total like like Chicago wasn't a complete crumble, but it wasn't exactly what you wanted it to be. Yeah, definitely. Um, Chicago was was strange because like I said, I'd done 99% of my work with Emma and, you know, Emma thought she was in 218 to 19 shape. Uh, my coach and I thought I was in like 224 shape. So we thought trying to run 225 was not playing it safe necessarily, but we thought it was like very much doable. But at the back of our head, we did know that this was only my second marathon. London hadn't gone great. There were so many things we needed to adjust and change. One of them being my fueling. We completely changed my fueling from London to Chicago. Um, yeah, there were just like a lot of things that I need to learn, like even just like learning how to race the marathon. Mm -hmm. um, 
and you never know when it's going to click. So we were definitely hoping it was all going to click and all going to like work out perfectly in Chicago. But around probably like eight mile 18, I kind of started to slip away from that record pace. And I was surprised, like I thought we were, Mm -hmm. we were fine. And then around like mile 20, 21, I think we started to slip off that um, Olympic games qualifying pace. And I was once again, really surprised. Um, And there really wasn't much I could do at that point. Like I'd run 21 miles. My body was really tired. I just needed to try and get to the finish line as quick as possible. Um, And yeah, in the marathon, they, at least in the two marathons I've done, there isn't any feeling of like quitting or stopping. Um, It's just more like, let me get to the finish line as fast as I can. Like, let's get this over as quick as we can. Um, And I think that's what made me after Chicago, I said to Joe and Emma Coburn, I was like, the marathon is stupid. I was like, this is <laughs> actually stupid. Like my body was wrecked. My stomach was destroyed. I, you know, hadn't reached my goal. I was like, this is a stupid event. Like this, this event like should not be legal. It's so hard on your body. That is hilarious. This is stupid. Um, <laughs> but you're doing it again. But I'm doing it again. I know. I told Cameron (laughs) my Instagram post this morning announcing I was running the the Boston Marathon. My caption was something like, um, a few hours after Chicago Marathon, I asked Cameron to please never, ever let me again sign up for a marathon. So with that, I'd like to announce I'm running the Boston Marathon. So people have been commenting like, you're a true marathoner. Like, that's the cycle. Well, um, how can you, like, what are your hopes for it not feeling so stupid? (laughs) (laughs) Um, What are you changing up, I guess, is the question. First of all, what did you change with your fueling from London to Chicago? Yeah, we actually, we changed a ton. Um, So I'm Joe's first debutante (laughs) in the marathon. All his other marathon athletes have come to him having run a couple uh-huh. of marathons before. And I think that okay. makes a big difference. Like Joe is really helping me, but it takes, it can take a couple of marathons to figure things out. And that's what Bates and Scott are being so sweet telling me. They're like, Aww. it took us a couple of turns. Like, like you're, you're doing great, sweetie. Like keep going. Don't be Didn't too Emma hard run on 229 yourself. On her first marathon. Was yeah. She I think, yeah. I think she, something she like did something like that at CIM. Um, so no, they, they definitely all like think that I'm on the right track, but yeah, they had their fueling down. So Joe didn't really have to help them hold their hand Mm -hmm. through like learning this. Mm -hmm. Um, and like I said, my longest run coming into 2023 was 18 miles. I hadn't really needed to fuel before that. So going into Chicago, I just copied Emma Bates's uh, fueling strategy and she uses you can and in training runs tra- long training sessions she just takes a gel every five miles but Emma Bates is a little bit like a camel that girl does not need much fluid she doesn't really sweat okay. all that much she um I think is the anomaly so I got to London and I, I will also say like my stomach is pretty sensitive like my stomach can get upset 
um, even if I just like smell something that it doesn't like. So Joe and I were a little bit nervous going into London and looking back at it, I think we were a little maybe like naive as to how much work and mm. prep you need to do with your feeling and research. But went into London and the fueling stations for elite marathons are every 5Ks. So that's like every three miles. And I'd been practicing every five miles in my long runs. Wow. So Joe was like, why don't we just grab your gel at every uh, aid station and just like get a few gulps in. And so that's what I tried to do. I will say like I was already struggling to get in that gel but when you think about it and you do the math, I was barely getting in any carbs during the race. And I think that's what definitely didn't help <laughs> uh, my reason for bonking around 20 miles. Um, I don't think I'd taken in enough carbs or calories up until that point. So starting my Chicago build, I was very intentional about making sure I was practicing what I'm going to be doing on race day, as well as like finding a fuel source that... I liked that excited me that I was looking forward to getting to the aid station. So I switched to SIS science and sport using their um, gel packets. And I think they worked pretty well. Like I didn't feel like I totally hit a wall, but the one thing I would like to change going into Boston is adding, adding in more electrolytes. I wasn't taking any, fluid in Chicago other than like a few sips of water but I'm a pretty salty sweater yeah. I wouldn't necessarily say that I sweat a ton but if I do sweat like my body is like grainy afterwards you like get the white uh, stuff all over you yeah. exactly yeah so I do need to meet do need to make sure that I'm getting in enough electrolytes to replenish what I'm losing over like the two and a half hour race. So that's something I'm definitely going to dial in this next time. Gosh, fueling is so tricky and it's so, it's so frustrating because you think it shouldn't be so hard, but it, it is. It, it, it's just so individual. That's what makes yeah. it so hard. You know, like Scott uses a totally different strategy and you know, you can't ask someone what they do and then replicate that for yourself because everyone's, you know, stomach is different. Their body weight is different. How much they're sweating, you know, is different. Um, so it really is so unique and so individual and people that run their first marathon and feel like they nail their nutrition the first time out. I'm like, that is so lucky like that's, that's amazing that's amazing yeah um so yeah we're just my my uh journey in the marathon is a little bit more like you know slowly climbing a ladder um and we're just we're just taking it one step at a time I would have loved to just like you know jump to a 222 off the bat but we're just we're just slowly building our way there but Emma and Scott are so right like you're still so new to it you've been racing forever yeah. But this is new territory. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think when I do speak to people, they have that reaction. They're like, you're doing great. Like, like, yeah, this is you, nothing to be upset about. But then, yeah, I think, you know, there are a few, a handful of people that have been able to jump into the marathon the past couple of years that have kind of made it look effortless and I think I kind of thought I might be yeah. one of those people so it's a yeah. little bit humbling to be someone that's just you know slowly tripping away but like one of my college teammates um Stephanie Brown she sent me a message after 
my London marathon, my debut marathon. And she was like, Dom, this has been your story, your whole career. She was like, never has it ever been easy for you off the bat. And she was like, I know the marathon is going to be your event. She was like, you just have to keep working on it. And I, I mean, that message meant so much to me, Mm -hmm. Stephanie, and I don't message each other too regularly, but we keep a close eye on each other and each other's careers. And yeah, her saying that really, I know, just like hit home. And I was like, you know what, you're right, Steph, you're right. Because I mean, I came to the University of Arkansas. I was, wasn't the best runner on the team. I wasn't even the best freshman. I told Cameron and my husband, we started dating pretty shortly after I moved to Arkansas. I told him I wanted to be a national champion. And he started uh, laughing at me. And I cried in response because I was like, what? You don't believe in me? But he was like, I don't think you realize how hard, you know, becoming a national champion was. But, you know, I proved him wrong. Like, became the SEC champion and then the regional champion and then, you know, ended up graduating, being a five-time national champion. So I've just always had to slowly make my way there. I'll say even before I won nationals in the 3K, 5K, 10K, every year before that, I came second. I came second to Abby D'Agostino in the indoor 3K. I came second to... um, Emily Sisson in the 5K, I came second to uh, Molly Seidel in the 10K. And then the following year, I won it. So Mm. I've definitely had to to kind of like work my way up. And I think that's just what's happening with the marathon. And I guess I like to think that it just makes the victory a little bit sweeter in the end. So this podcast is supported by Purina Pro Plan Sport. I know a lot of listeners here like to run with their dogs, have dogs, and there's so much joy you get out of running together. And it all starts with Purina Pro Plan Sport. This is a dog food formulated to fuel your dog's adventures. Pro Plan Sport gives your dog the strength and stamina they need to take on your extraordinary life together. Go to ProPlansport.com to find the right sport formula for your dog. ProPlansport.com. All right, back to the show. What is your um, like mindset going into Boston as far as like now now that you've you've done those two stepping stones and like you said you're not it wasn't easy for you that first time like how do you talk yourself into a place where you're like this isn't going to be easy but it doesn't mean I'm gonna bonk or whatever happened at mile twenty one in the other races. Yeah, I think that's like the weird part of the marathon is preparing your mind for like you are going to war, like you are going to battle. Um, And that's like a kind of like a delicate balance because you don't want to go into the race being scared or intimidated, but you also do need to have respect for the distance and not go out too hard, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think a lot of that work is going to be done over the next couple of months, like just preparing my mind for it, preparing my mind for the hills. I do think there's a lot of mental work that I probably still need to do as well. Like I say that because you kind of get comfortable. You can get comfortable. Um, And I think over the past few years, like I've got comfortable knowing how to run the 10K, how to run the 5K Mm -hmm. and now having this new event where I kind of have to challenge myself mentally of how I'm going to stay positive, how I'm going to be keeping myself 
thinking positively, <laughs> even when it's not going great. Um, yeah, I, I think, yeah, there's a lot of work to be done and I, I'm going to have to really like look inward and, you know, figure out what my motivation is for this race for doing well. Um, and yeah, figure out how to use that to, to keep going. <laughs> Figuring out what your motivation is. Um, because you ran that 6730 in Houston. Yeah. Do you think because you ran that so fast and so well, was that one of the reasons that in the beginning you thought the marathon might just come on in a little more naturally? Yeah, for sure. That reason for running so well there and it just feeling so good and so comfortable, I would say that was a big reason. Also, even before that race, I've always been pretty good at long runs, like in college and then uh, moving out to Boulder and training with Team Boss. Like Joe was pretty surprised at how strong I was over long runs, even at altitude coming from like a sea level. Um, I've always been good at them. Like when Laura Thweet was training with us, I used to do my long runs with her. When Emma was training for Chicago back in 2021, I would do my long run with her. You know, she'd be running like 20 miles plus and I would only have like 17 or 18 miles, but I could keep up with them for that distance. Um, so yeah, I think the signs have just always, I kind of pointed towards the marathon, but like we've discussed, there are just so many little things that you need to figure out in order to have a perfect marathon. And yeah, I'm just having to figure all those little pieces out, put all the pieces together. Well, it's much easier for us to watch you do it, but we're, enjoy <laughs> we're enjoying that. I'm excited to see what happens in Boston. Thanks. <laughs> How are you feeling about the Mesa half that you're about to do in a few weeks? I'm actually really excited. Um, yeah, I've actually only run three half marathons now. Um, this will be my fourth, um, which also I feel like is a piece of the marathon puzzle like I really have mm. just gone from running 5k 10k's on the track to like the marathon there hasn't been this like slow progression like I haven't raced like 25k's or you know all those yeah. other random distances on the road um so I'm excited to get another long long-ish road race under me um I've also my it kind of has felt like I've able I've been able to build off where I was in Chicago, which is great. I did take a good amount of time off and slowly made my way back into training, but I feel like I've kind of just been able to build from that fitness and at least Cranny joined our team this fall and I've been yes. able to yeah, train with her a ton the past few months, um, which has been really fun. Also good for my confidence because I'm like, this girl's a very good runner. So to be able to keep up with her on fartleks and track workouts has been really great, um, I think, for for both of us. Um, and yeah, so I'm feeling pretty good about my fitness and just going to be nice and warm and get my turnover going down here at sea level in Scottsdale for the next month. And then hopefully able to put together a good race, um, at the Mesa half. Oh yeah. You can breathe, huh? That's yeah. so good. 
Um, Elise joining your crew. Oh my gosh. Laura Green's video of all the teams was hilarious. Did you see it? It was pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. No, we all saw it. You've given us so much. <laughs> I mean, really Bauman has, it's crazy. Like from Kate Grace, I think was the first Kate, then Emily and felt then Vanessa and now Elise. It's, oh uh, we've really got a bunch of talent from that group, which is yeah, definitely not complaining. <laughs> Oh, the best part of the video is Joe saying, "Call Carissa, call me. That's so funny. <laughs> I um, know. I don't know what Carissa is doing. It's funny. All those girls kind of like don't know much until, oh, now I have a new touring partner. Yeah. Oh, it's so funny. Um, that is so exciting that she's joining, um, that she has joined and that you have a new teammate there. She is so sweet. Oh, I know what I was going to say. I have Kate on my schedule, which is exciting. Oh, yeah. Kate. Kate's. Kate's the best and obviously she's going through her own transition now with coming back from uh, giving birth to River mm -hmm. um, and mm -hmm. we're all just like her biggest cheerleaders watching her try and make this transition back because she also hasn't raced in a long time due to yeah. having long COVID so I think it's been since oh, that's right. the summer of 2021 which was like the summer of Kate Grace everyone called it when she yeah, ran so yeah. well after not making the team for Tokyo. So we're all really hoping she can have a good comeback this year. Yeah, I think that's the that's when I interviewed her, the summer of Kate Grace. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so exciting. Uh, what else is going on with Team Boss? Like, how's how's everything going? Good. Yeah. Um, yeah. Scott's in amazing shape. He's been uh, crushing workouts indoors on the treadmill with like the heater going and the humidifier going. It's been oh, wow. really impressive watching watching him uh, just work. Um, and turn out some awesome workouts. And I feel like him and Joe are not leaving a stone unturned going into this race. Mm. It's really like, you know, they're putting all their cards out on the table, which I feel like is the way you have to go into the trials. Like you don't want to have any regrets or anything to like fall back on, be like, oh yeah, I didn't make it because we didn't do this. Like, no, they're, they're putting it all out there. And I know for him, this is... Um, I mean, we're, we're all getting older, I guess is, is what I want right. to say. And, uh, he hasn't made that team yet. And he definitely is one of the best male U S marathoners right now. So I would love to see him make that team. And then, yeah, everyone else is doing good. I, I don't think we're going to have too many people racing indoors this year. I think most of the girls are just like eyes on the prize for the summer. Mm -hmm. Um, and yeah, everyone's, everyone's doing great. Just, you know, chipping away, working away. Uh, where will you watch the trials, the marathon trials? Ooh. Um, I know not as exciting for you now that Emma's not running, but you've yeah. known for a little while probably though. Yeah. Yeah. I have known for a little bit. Um, I guess I will be here. I'll still be in Arizona. Um, I think some of the team boss girls will still be down here too. Most of them start heading back around the first week of Feb. Um, so we'll probably all watch together. Even though Emma Bates isn't racing, we obviously mm -hmm. obviously still will have Scott racing. So we'll all be wanting to watch him. I also do have some friends from Boulder racing. So it'll be exciting to watch them like Laura Sweet and mm -hmm. my good friend who paced me in Chicago, Jackson Neff is running on the men's side. And then there are lots of like Boulder runners like uh, Maggie Montoya and mm. um, uh, Nell Rojas, like lots of girls that you just like, you know, see 
out running on the path that you know you you got you got to support the the Boulder peeps. Yeah, um, Lindsay Flanagan. Yeah, Lindsay. Yeah, she hasn't been in Boulder for a bit. I think she's been overseas training. Um, but yeah, there there are a lot of Molly Grable. I run with her occasionally, uh-huh. so there'll be a lot of um people that I'll be cheering for and rooting for and just you just want everyone to have a good day mm-hmm. you know it's like you just want to you just want to see everyone like run to their potential and then no one can be upset so <laughs> that's what that's, I'll be cheering for yeah um man I'm gonna be I hope Laura Thweet just has a day out there I know and her training's been going so well her and I run together probably like at least once every other week. Um, mm-hmm. And we chat pretty often. So it's been fun hearing about her training and um, being coached now by Evan. It just seems like they're working really well together. So I think, I mean, she always performs so well at the trial. So I don't think anyone will be counting her out. But um, I think if you are counting her out, you're you're wrong. <laughs> Because yeah, she's yeah. definitely going to be up there. Oh, oh, Sarah Vaughn. I run with Sarah Vaughn of a course. bunch in Boulder. So, and she, she's, you know, she's shared on social media that she's coming over sickness over yeah. Christmas, which is such a bummer. But she was also in such amazing shape in Chicago. And, you know, I think, you know, if anything, maybe the illness is like going to help her peak at the right time. So, yeah, there are just so many people that I'm excited to watch and cheer for. And I know it's going to be a sick race. <laughs> I know the second I'm like, oh, if I if anybody can make the team, that's who I'm getting behind. And then, I think, <laughs> and then you mentioned Sarah Vaughn, and I'm like, I love Sarah Vaughn. Yeah, yeah. So many amazing Me too. women. Me too. Yeah, it's gonna be great. I mean, honestly, like the US is gonna send an amazing team of women and men to the to the Olympics. Um, no ma- no matter who qualifies, and it's um, I I do feel like. Like I, I, it's such an honor to raise at the American Olympic trials, I know. And I think it's like with that, if you are top three, it's, it must be just like incredible. But I also like kind of feel bad for them having to put themselves on that line. It's so much pressure, you know, like, like even for someone like M Sisson, who I think everyone would say. Emily is the favorite yeah Yeah, it's Emily but it's like she still has to do it like she still has to run 26 miles be smart you know not make any silly decisions Mm. and be top three and it's like or and like not have a stomach bug or an illness or like yeah it's something silly happened on like the trip over to Florida it's like there are just so many things that can happen but I also think that's what makes America's um team so good on the world level year after year you know it's like I know Emma Coburn and the steeplechase I think it was the year um USA's was at was in Sacramento she had like terrible stomach problems going on I think she'd like got food poisoning or something and she raced the trials and won the one USA's I don't know where the world championship was that year or if it was an Olympic year but it was like she gritted through that race so that she could make that team and I do feel like that just makes such strong gritty tough athletes that are able to perform under pressure Mm. and then in turn allows them you know to do that again at the world or Olympic level so it has its has its cons but it definitely has its pros too Oh, the pressure. Oh, my gosh. 
Courtney Freyrichs also, like the year she medaled um, in the Olympics, she, I think it was the Olympics or World Championships. I can't remember which. She had a stomach bug too, or like food poisoning, like days before. And it was like, will I even be able to run this? And then she went. It's insane. Silver. I can't remember which race it was, but still. Yeah. yeah. Crazy. Well, I think she got silver in London and in Tokyo. So <laughs> one okay, of those So it was two. silver. <laughs> <laughs> um. What are you most looking forward to, like, um, in your career in general, general, like what excites you the most? I'm definitely excited about this, this transition to the roads. I think, I think people maybe like looking at me think it's like my, I don't know what they think, but I think that they're maybe like, oh, like Dom was finished on the track. Like she's moving to the roads. Honestly, like that's not it. Like we've, always known that I was going to run on the road. So it was just a matter of when. Mm. And, you know, after the 2021 Olympics, we just started to like slowly kind of transition to the roads. I think with 2022 World Championships being in Eugene, it was like, we couldn't miss that. So yeah, I'm really excited about the roads. Like I love the atmosphere of road races. To me, they're so much more fun than the track races. Like getting to compete with the masses. I will say that the event organizers at road races take care of their athletes so much better than track meets I do understand there are a lot fewer elites at those races lining up and they also have the like entry fees from the masses that they're able to use to support us um but there's a big difference there um so yeah I just kind of feel like it's like this new chapter in my career running on the roads and it kind of feels like this like rebirth and uh, new energy and new vibe and um, it's exciting. Training is very different. I feel like my body really likes this type of training compared to like 5k track work. My body used to just get beaten up at doing that where I feel like this, it sounds crazy, but I feel like the marathon work is actually a lot more sustainable for me. My body Mm -hmm. likes it. I way prefer doing workouts on the roads um which is also like weird like people are like and you ran on the track for like 15 years uh-huh but I like there's this road in Boulder called um Marshall Road it's my favorite spot to do workouts um when I used to live in Fayetteville Arkansas there was a section of the bike path called Mud Creek it was pretty much like running on the sidewalk or running on a, um, like a trail, uh, you know, like a concrete trail. That was my favorite place to work out. So I think a part of me just kind of feels like I'm finally like doing what I've always been meant to do. Um, and I'm excited about that. Uh, random question, but do you think you'll ever go back to South Africa? To live? Yeah. Or just like, when will you visit again? Or like, is it for your life? Like, are you living here? Yeah, I think for my life, I'm living here. Like my husband is obviously American and he has a good job here. And I think we feel very settled in the US, but we do love South Africa. We were there in November for my sister's wedding and it was very special being back in Cape Town. Um, I, I would like to, like in my future life, like post running life, I would like to visit South Africa like at least every other year. I mean, I would want to say every year, but probably realistically every other yeah. year. Um, yeah. I would want my future children to experience South Africa and Cape Town. Um, you know, I'd love to even like own a place there that we could 
use as kind of like a vacation home and rent out when we're not Mm -hmm. there. But I think realistically, the trip to South Africa is such a long way. Um, It's really brutal on your body. And I think maybe when I'm not an athlete and I'm not as worried about like getting tight glutes and tight hip flexes, maybe I won't worry about the flight too much. Um, But yeah, in the time in the time being, it's it's probably like um, yeah. I I guess like that's that's the best answer. Is you know I try not to think about think about it too much because I love mm-hmm. going home and I have been fortunate over the past ten years that I've lived here. I've gone home at least once a year, if not like twice or more. Um, but yeah, we'll just kind of like see what the future holds with with all of that. But we'll definitely live in the U.S. Did you imagine that like when you came over here to go to school like did you imagine like I'm probably going to be in America forever now? No. No. I mean my mom always teases. She's like Dama it was meant to be 4 or 5 years. Like you you mom like how does she feel about it? Um I feel like the world feels like a small place now. Mm-hmm. You know with mm-hmm. FaceTime mm-hmm. with <sighs> Um, you know, all the technology that we have and then being able to fly and be in, you know, the other country in 36 hours. Yeah. <laughs> it's a long time. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but you can still, if you need yeah. to fly and get there in a day and a half, I think it's made it easier. I think also just like having been in this situation for now, what it's 2024. I was a freshman in the fall of 2011. So Wow. That's like, what, 13 years already? Um, we're so used to this. Yeah. You know, this is our norm. Um, but yeah, like I said, my mom will remind me like, hey, it was meant to be four or five years. <laughs> she should have guessed you'd have fallen in love with an American boy. I know. I know. That's just what <laughs> happened. Yeah. Oh, I always just look at it from the mother's perspective. I'm like, well, I've got four kids, so maybe one of them will stay close. <laughs> Yeah, I uh, I definitely would like to be a mother in the future. And a part of me is like, well, why do you want kids? Because you can't just have them because you want to cuddle cuddle with them and like have them as your mini me. Because yeah, they leave. What, they leave. <laughs> and they grow up, and when they're like tweens, they like push you away, and you're yeah, like, wait, they don't want to be near you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm like almost there. My oldest is 11 and I'm almost there. Like he's, he's not like that yet, but it, it's, yeah. it's coming. Yeah. That's it's so coming. sad. That's so I sad. know, but it's like the natural progression of life. They just For like sure. push away. So you kind of like have to just be prepared, but that's why, that's why it's good that we all have our own hobbies things. and things that For we sure. do. Yeah. Our kids are not our, the center of our universe. I mean, you can fall into that and it's not healthy. No, no, definitely not. Yeah, Kate said something a while back. She said something like having it, she had read, read or listened to someone say um, that having a son every day, you're one day closer to your breakup with your son, which was so sad, but I was like, but I guess it's true. Like one yeah. day your son is like, there's going to be another woman in your son's yep. life that's more important than you. Yes. So yeah, every day you're one day be, closer yeah. to that. Yeah, and as it should be for sure. But yeah. yeah, every day you're one day closer to that. Yeah. Oh, man. Um. Okay. Well, oh, wait, you've actually never been on the podcast. I forget. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it feels I- like you have been. <laughs> um. 
everything. What's going on with Adidas? Good, good. Yeah, yeah, I'm in my second contract with Adidas. I think they're happy I'm finally running an Adidas marathon. So, yay. Um, go Boston. Go Boston, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, it's great. It's it's On one hand, it feels like I haven't been running professionally for that long. And then on the other hand, I'm like, no, wait, I graduated in 2016 and I've been an Adidas athlete since then. So I am very, I do feel very fortunate and very lucky that, you know, one, that I'm, that I've ever got to do this. And then, but then two, that I'm still getting to do this because it is such a privilege. I know so many people would love to work out for a living or get paid to do what they're so passionate about and what they love. Uh, I'm one of the very lucky few that gets Mm. to, um, how does my husband put it? Like, you get paid to do what you love. You know, usually you choose a job for the money or because it's what you enjoy doing. And I get to do both. And I'm very, very fortunate for that. Um, Not sure how much longer it will last. So I'm just, you know, trying to enjoy every every day, every race, every season, um, every opportunity I get to represent Adidas and uh, do what I love. That's a, is that a four year contract? Um, this contract is through next year and then with an option year in 20 through, yeah, through this year and then an option year in 2025. So most psych, most contract cycles go through the Olympic period. And then okay. some companies like to put the option year after the Olympic year, which for people that don't know what an option year is, an option year is not an option for the athlete. It's an option yeah. for the it's an option <laughs> for the for the company, for the sponsor to pretty much just make their lives, our lives a little bit easier and just say, we like this agreement, let's continue it for one more year. Okay. Um, rather than doing the whole negotiation again. Um, but yeah, it's one thousand percent the sponsor's decision to take that option year or not. Okay. Got it. Yeah. Um, well, since you haven't been on the podcast, we'll wrap up with our good old fashioned into podcast questions. Cool. What's something professionally or personally you'd like to do that you haven't done yet? Oh, I definitely want the South African record in, I would love to get it in both the marathon and the 10k. Uh, I'd be happy with just one, but I'm so close to that 10K record. I'm eight seconds off it um, in a race that I ran the last 7K solo. So I know I can get it. Um, And it would be pretty cool because the record holder, the current record holder, her name is Ilana Mayer. She was an amazing runner. Um, She actually won silver in, I think it was the Barcelona Olympics. Oh, wow. um, In the 10K. So she's an amazing runner. Um, And it would be really fun and special to get her record. And then the um, marathon record just got made faster by Khadestein Stein in Valencia, she ran 224.02 or 03 or something like that so it's definitely a lot quicker now and my some of my teammates were asking me how I felt about that and I was like I'm excited you know like I want to get a record that's a legit record so Mm. and I think to have to run in the 223 sounds more like a legit record so that'll be good um so yeah I'd say that's something that I want to do professionally Oh, I've had her on the podcast a long time ago. She's oh, so, really? She's so nice. 
Yeah, she's very sweet. Yeah, her and I are like big supporters of each other. She's awesome. It's just, it's crazy to watch what she's been able to do because she came from, you know, not even the sub elite side. She came from like, like the recreational running side, Um, just kind of fell into running when she moved. And she's, yeah, just a superstar and uh, really crushes it on the ultra marathon road running scene as well as now. I think every like Olympic year, she kind of like jumps back down to the yeah. marathon and <laughs> tries to uh, get the uh, Olympic standard and represent South Africa at the Olympics. Who's the other South African that has the standard? Oh, um, Irvette van Sale. Um, she's okay, a little bit older than both Ada and I. She's been, she's been running forever. She really stays on the South African like local scene okay. and then... I feel like every December she goes to Valencia and runs really fast. Okay. That's kind of okay. kind of her passion. Okay, got it. Um, what is the best, most recent book you've read? Ooh, well, if anyone follows me on Instagram, they'll know that I really just read rom-coms and uh, nice. embarrassingly smutty books. Um, that's my genre. That's my thing. I will say I'm busy reading I just started it. I'm like a few chapters in Terms and Conditions by Lauren Asher. Okay. I just picked it up for this trip. It's so far really good. So I would recommend it. Like, I think I know where it's headed. So I think a I rom-com? can recommend. Yeah, it's a rom-com without, um, without um, having read the whole thing. I think I can recommend it. And then, but like the best book that I've, that I've read recently um is a Colleen Hoover book and uh, oh it was Reminders of Him by Colleen oh, Hoover that okay. that's a book I would really recommend yeah it was, okay. it was very sweet now I've read I've read that there's is there two parts to that book I think you're thinking of it ends with us it ends with us that's what I'm yeah it ends yeah. with us was like the very very popular viral one yes and then they had like the Almost like Verity. a prequel come out. Yeah, yeah, and then there was Verity. Yeah. It, it reminders of him wasn't ever, I feel like, one of the super like viral Popular. books, but it, yeah, but it was actually my favorite one. Yeah, I've probably read like four or five of her books. She's, yeah, me she too. just pumps them out. She just pumps she them does, out. She does. She does. And they're all so good. Um her Instagram, I think it's her Instagram, says something yeah. like, Yeah, I don't get it either. <laughs> And I think I think she's referring to like she doesn't understand how like this all just like took off. It happened, um, yeah, because yeah. they're so easy to read. They're so easy to read. Yeah, I'm definitely like not as good of a reader as I should be. Like I'm a pretty slow reader, and yeah, I don't want too many big words. I don't want the print too small. <laughs> oh my gosh! I just finished the Poisonwood Bible. And it was, the print was so small and it was so oh, no. big. I had wanted to read that book forever, but now I'm like, I got it. I need some easy stuff. Um, yeah. Have you read Nora, Go- Nora Goes Off Script? No. Oh, you should read it. It's so Okay, cute. cool. I'm going to put it, it, like, put it in yeah. my list. Nora it is like the best. It is the cutest, sweetest little rom-com. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. You'll Thank fly you. through it. I like, I don't read books super fast either. And I think I read it in two days. Oh my goodness. Okay. Perfect. No, Thank you. Um, I also interviewed the author on my other podcast and she's hilarious. She's like oh, witty wow. and and the other cool thing about her is her writing career really didn't take off until she was like fifty. And wow. 
I know. I just like find that super inspiring. Like she's always mm-hmm. written and she's she's done fine for herself. But like these books are like making all the lists and stuff. And she's that's awesome. Yeah, it's cool. I don't know if these books are new, but that's what's kind of cool about like TikTok and Instagram now is there people almost like finding these old books yeah. that are gems and like making uh-huh. them super popular again, which is yeah. so cool. That is so cool. Yeah. Her books that I'm talking about are new, but yeah, that is okay. cool. Yeah. Um, coffee, tea or cocktail with someone fun, motivating or inspiring. You know, I was thinking about this before the podcast cause Emma had sent me this question and I'm so boring. Like I don't know. <laughs> I, I just like don't have any people that I like really idolize or mm-hmm. I'm like a crazy super fan of. I kind of wish I did have someone, especially when it comes to questions like these. Ah, uh, like, I don't know. I really don't know. Like I would, this is so lame, but like, I would like to just have a cocktail coffee with like some of my good friends. Yeah. <laughs> like that's when I have the best time. Like one of my good friends, Tori, I was going to say Gerlash, but she just married Jackson Neff. Like, Every time I hang out with Tori, we have such a great time. Like, at least I know I'm going to have a good time with Tori, you know? Right. I could invite some celeb and they could be, like, super boring and, like, maybe not want to talk to me. And then it's not a very fun experience. But well, if then I go it's awkward, a- yeah. Yeah, and then it's awkward. If I go have a cocktail with Tori, I know it's going to be, like, a super fun girls' night. Maybe I need to rewrite the question. Or maybe I've just, like, aged out of it. But maybe it needs to be, like, if you could be besties with anybody Ooh, or something like that. Yeah, because that would be fun. Coffee, tea, or cocktail with anybody you don't actually know isn't probably going to no, be that I think, fun. No, I think mo- – I mean, I feel like I get asked this question, like, on every podcast I go to in some form. And I feel like most people have an answer because they are, like, a huge Taylor Swift fan or something yeah. like that. I'm, I just don't, I don't know why, but I've never had like a huge like celeb person crush, whatever you want to call it. So I'm like, yeah, like I want to have a date night with my husband. Like, yeah. That sounds really fun to me. And then I'm like, so spoiled with the running world. It's like, you know, I'm sure 10 years ago I would have said like, oh, having coffee with like Kara Gaucho would be amazing. But now it's like I get to see Kara now like on the trails Kara. in Boulder. <laughs> like, yeah, well, like Jez Linden, like I was running the end of Chicago Marathon with her. It's like now I can know these people. So, yeah. Which is so cool. Yeah. It's very cool. Yeah. What is your last message to leave with the audience today? In the tone of today's podcast, I'll keep, keep the tone. And I'll just say to never compare yourself to someone else, to someone else's journey, everyone's journey and everyone's story is unique and that it would be very boring if all of our stories were the same and our trajectory was the same. That would be pretty boring. So don't compare yourself to someone else and just take advantage of the present. Like we never know, you know, when things are going to change for us when we're not going to, you know, be able to go out for another run or do the job that we love anymore or, you know, hang out with our families again, like life is short. And um, yeah, so just take advantage of all the opportunities we're given. Dom Scott, thank you so much. (laughs) Thanks, Lindsay. Thanks for having me on. It was great chatting. All right, everybody. Thanks for being here today. Thanks, Dom, for coming on the podcast. Again, you can find Dom on social media. She's Dom Scott Run SA on Instagram. You can find me. I am Lindsay Hine six two six on Instagram at Lindsay Hine on 
Twitter. X. I just It's just not natural for me to not say Twitter. Um, I'm also on threads, LindsayHine626. You can learn more about this show and all the shows in our network at sandyboyproductions.com and lindsayhine.com is my personal website. Thank you so much for being here and all the show notes for everything Dom and I talked about are on the Sandy Boy website, sandyboyproductions.com. Have a great rest of your day and we'll see you next week on I'll Have Another.